Episode 22, a conversation with the Blono Tenants Union. Locally, the percentage of the population who rents is extremely diverse. Students, single people, families, and the elderly are all demographics who choose to rent either out of convenience or financial necessity. However diverse this group is, they all run into similar problems when dealing with landlords or local government. My next guest, Zach Carlson and Matt Tosco, were tired of dealing with these problems and put their heads together to do something about it. They created the Bloomington Normal Tenants Union as a way to bring people from all groups together to document the issues and determine the most effective way forward. While this episode is about tenants, I'd encourage all of you who don't rent to listen and consider how their issues may impact you and our community. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Keep Your Day Job podcast. Uh, I'm Ed C. We're here on location at the Sunnyside Garden um, talking about uh, the tenant union that was newly formed here in uh, in the Bloomington Normal area. And before I introduce my guest, uh, I just kind of want to make four points to those of you who may be listening and have no clue why this may be relevant. Uh, well, first of all, there's a pandemic going on, and so housing is a scarce resource. And uh, those people who are in precarious situations with employment um, do not need eviction hanging over their head as well. Um, second point being the national eviction moratorium uh, just lapsed this weekend, and we know that Congress is going to be going on recess, and so we don't really know what the national um, impact of that will be, or even the impact at the local level. Um, Third point, buildings are falling down in Florida and no one's being held responsible. Uh, Fourth point, corporations are purchasing buildings in major urban areas um, and driving up the rent and a lot of times just kind of uh, evacuating all the tenants at once uh, after they purchase it. So when I heard that there was a tenant union starting up here in town, I was very interested to hear more. So with that, uh, let me introduce Matt Tosco and Zach Carlson. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having us. So why don't we get uh, a little backstory uh, on both of you, right? What's your history in the city and how do we end up here? Well, I've, I've lived here most of my life. Um, never owned a building. I've always been a tenant in my time here. And within that community and speaking with people, um, you're always hearing the horror stories, um, the property issues that are going unaddressed, um, just some of the unfair practices that landlords, you, you know, use the laws the way they're written to their own advantage and the way they really see tenants as oh the way they see their rentals as investments and don't really see the human beings um, behind that investment you know everything they do is to protect their bottom line to make as much money as they can and in the housing arena a lot of times that really does mean doing bad by people yeah yeah Absolutely. And so I come from a, almost an opposite side. I came here uh, to Bloomington Normal through ISU. Uh, I came here for school uh, back in 2012. I'm originally from the south side of Chicago near Midway Airport. Uh, and instead, I actually stuck around and kind of put down some roots here. Um, yeah. I, I was a tenant for uh, actually until, until just a few months ago uh, when I finally bought a place. Uh, I was fortunate enough to do that. Um, I work at Illinois State University, in part, uh, where I work in IT, so that in part helps facilitate that kind of stuff. I know everyone's not as lucky there, but in my time being in the college square, you can say what I consider a a 
a, a literal square or rectangle or, uh, from Maine to Willow to Linden to Vernon, um, the practices the landlords uh, do are, are, are terrible. Um, similar horror stories you hear uh, students getting hundreds of dollars of fees and fines uh, yearly uh, once they move because of X, Y, or Z. Um, but normally, as soon as their parents call to ask about it, and, and maybe drop the, the, the word lawyer in there, those fees disappear. Absolutely. Randomly, suddenly. Uh, so we know that there's some shady practices going on uh, and, and just abusing students uh, even more than they already are. Yeah. Uh, not to mention that prices are astronomical um, and that they're kind of forced to be there in a way. Right. Uh, ISU doesn't have enough housing to, to house all their students. Yeah. Uh, it, their, their practice is actually only freshman, sophomore students. So once you're done with that, you're you're on your own. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, right. It, ISU is particularly interesting. I was a former ISU student, and uh, I did not get my deposit back at any place that I lived. Um, and I remember one place we got a, a hefty fine for leaving trash on the, the like on the front of the house that we were living at. Um, yeah. And it's it's interesting to me how housing. And I would say, like, tenant housing outside of dorm housing is part of the university ecosystem, right? Like, so the university is not, I, I don't want to make this seem like a malicious partnership, but the university depends on that housing. Therefore, the university does not rule with an iron fist when it comes to helping students resolve issues of, of any of the things that you guys previously mentioned. Absolutely. And if, if those listening, I remember back in 2010, 2011, 2012, when Southside was torn down. That was hundreds of dorms that now just flooded um, apartments around there. And they've only now gone around to, on paper, putting up new dorms. Yeah. Construction hasn't even started yet. Absolutely. Um, and we've seen that with plenty of, of things the university has said they're going to do. A new nursing school, a new art school. They've been on the, on, on the list for three, four, five years now and are still not being built. Right. And so we'll even see if these new dorms get built. And these contracts the students are forced into, they're... They're not two, three, two, three sheet, uh, sheets of paper that people are maybe used to back in the day or back home yeah. or, or maybe even in town. They are 10, 15, 20 pages long. Uh, I mean, first sight in, in America are amongst the worst when it comes to those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the price of rentals too, and I'm speaking as a person who's just driving a around the university. Um, I lived on a very dumpy house that we fit six people in on Willow when I was at college and it was awesome um, but that's right down the street from the lodge now and I mean there's there's some very nice places getting built and I'm, I got to imagine that drives up the price of rent across the entire community oh absolutely they don't care about I wouldn't say they don't care but the presumption of, of college students now and today are that these are usually generally well-off families sending their sending their kids down here or they're coming from the big cities where wages maybe are a little bit higher due to just cost of living, mm -hmm. and they can milk them for every cent. That parent, that maybe their parents are helping pay for them, right? You know, it's not really their money. Who cares? Or it's loan money. Yeah. That they know they're going to get, or they're taking out because they know rents going to be so high. Absolutely. We're talking six, six to eight hundred dollars per person. Yep. When you go two, three blocks outside of that square I, I mentioned, it's six to eight hundred dollars per apartment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So this brings us to you both creating a tenant union. How did that How did that idea come up? How were you two the people to do it? In, in reality, <laughs> uh, it was just a sidebar between uh, between the two of us uh, about three years ago now. Uh, we were at a, a at a DSA meeting uh, back in the day, 
Um, and they recently closed their housing working group. Uh, working group is just uh, a group of people who like to work on an issue. It's mm -hmm. kind of self-explanatory. We were like, well, this ain't right. Like, there's still issues going on. There's still things to do. So we were like, well, how about we just start our own thing? Outside of the the control and benevolence of, another, of an organization, right? Like, they clearly said, we don't need this anymore. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, we clearly do. So let's just start our own thing. Independence. That way... Something like this has to happen again. Right. It would be our, our, ourselves saying, we see the situation, we deem it unnecessary, we can be done, but that's definitely not happening anytime in the near future, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so we originally set up a Twitter account uh, a couple years ago just to kind of explore what was going on with different tenant unions across mm -hmm. the country. Um, Kansas City, Chicago, those are a couple areas that have some really strong organizing on that front. And just to kind of see, you know, what were the issues they were tackling, how were they tackling them, and to create something where, you know, we could keep that information um, organized, yeah. you know, via the Twitter account like that. It really wasn't until more recently, here within the last year, that through mentions on local um, social media, other local people started to really get interested and lend their talents, you know, mostly students um, who can sit, you know, know how to set up discords mm -hmm. and know how to do all these IT technical things that I myself don't really got the ball rolling. Um, it, it definitely just kind of really gained momentum almost overnight one week and it's it's been growing ever since. Yeah, I know. I, I've, I've seen a lot about it on social media and I have seen a number of people going to social media to articulate the issues that are happening as a as a tenant one very recently would be some of the flooding that happened and a lot of people's claims being denied for that i don't know how much that would impact renters over owners but i do have to imagine if your stuff is destroyed and you're a renter unless you've got renter's insurance and even if you do have renter's insurance you're probably stuck out in the cold in some of that stuff well and just on the you know day-to-day -day effects of that flooding incident we have tenants, you know, with disabilities and who aren't able to clear everything out of their basements and landlords saying, well, we can't start a cleanup process until those basements are emptied out. Yeah. So we did get involved in some mutual aid kind of basement clear outs just for free to help those tenants get their things out of the basement mm -hmm. so the landlords could hopefully step in and do their thing. Yeah. So, so am I understanding correctly, this is kind of a, like an informal collection of people who are all working towards the same goal, right? Is this, is this any sort of like formalized union at this point yet? What, what would be the difference? Not at this point. We're mostly a collective of, like you said, people with similar, similar interests, similar goals, different talents. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no official membership there's participation um, there's no hierarchy or leadership structure it's just a collaboration of whoever wants to get involved whoever's willing to spend their time getting involved and so far that that structure's worked or lack thereof has mm -hmm. worked very well for us that's awesome so, yeah i like to call it formally informal uh is that probably a good way to describe it you know we have a formal union yeah. you could say but everything else in it is just yeah, volunteer vol based on a volunteer um, system. You, know, you yeah. can come and go whenever you want. So there's a, a sleek UI on the Twitter page that you can see and interact with, but beyond that, it's just all human power. That's awesome. That is great. Um, so then, 
as this thing has taken shape, uh, you mentioned flooding. What are some of the other issues that you've been involved with locally of late? Yeah, we, um, one of the major things we've been doing um, just short term and right now is, you know, helping tenants navigate the system so that existing protections and existing laws are actually being enforced by the city. You know, one of the things we hear so much is that this existing property problem has been ongoing, you know, for months, if not years, in some cases. They've tried to complain to the landlord, they've tried to address it with the city, and they just never get, mm -hmm. nothing ever happens. So, you know, we're, we try to make sure they're going through the appropriate channels, um, you know, figuring out who their council person is, contacting that council person who can then take it to the property management review board and so on, and definitely offering to advocate for them in those arenas if they would like us to. You know, we, we never advocate for anybody without permission. Mm -hmm. But once that permission is granted, we, we definitely try to help them navigate that system. We also did some canvassing, um, some literature drop type canvassing to make people aware of the Illinois Rental Payment Program. Uh, it was a government, um, a government program where you could get up to $25,000, you know, to cover up to a year, a year behind on rent and a couple months going forward. You know, if it looked like your situation was going to need it. And the major thing on that was people actually knowing that money was available. Um, the first round of it, the landlord had to initiate the process. So, you know, online we definitely reached out and people reached out to us and we helped them understand the program better and work with their landlords to get that ball rolling for them. Uh, the second round, tenants could start on their own. So we, we definitely tried to spread awareness of that program just so people could get the help that was available. Yeah, absolutely. And so have you found yourselves working mainly with people from the area? Or have you been working with students? What's, what's the mix of people that you come in, in account with? I would say it's close to 50-50. To and yeah. there's also some ambiguity in all that. There, there's people who are students. Um, you know, they were in their fourth, fifth year, maybe they're grad students, mm -hmm. uh, who don't live within that college square that I mentioned, right? They're yeah. out in town. Uh, someone recently we were talking to uh, rented at, uh, at some some places in downtown Bloomington, mm -hmm. uh, but they're grad students, right? So it's not a very university area, we'll say, right? Uh, but they have, they have holes in their ceilings, there's mold growing that's not uh, being addressed. And so there's the ambiguity of, like, these are places that are normally for, like, yeah. residents, right? But you'll, you'll find students there. Uh, same thing, you find the other way, too. People who are residents uh, are living in or near to student housing just because of, of how that, that works out. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's a, it's a pretty 50-50 split. Um, the issues are, are usually the same. Yeah. Um, we find little difference in that, at least at this point. Yeah. So there's, I, I'm kind of hearing like two streams of aid here, right? There's the, the proactive stream of, of offering resources like the IRPP, right? What is available to renters? And then also uh, making an honest effort to hold landlords accountable, right? Um, so, so what does that look like? Because I think that the way some have painted this rental issue is abolish the landlord. We want to destroy capitalism and take away people's property, right? So um, what... Do you have interactions with landlords? I mean, you mentioned that you would only kind of support people on their behalf if they came to you. So what does that look like? 
So, I mean, that's not to say that we would look forward to that kind of future. <laughs> yeah. um, but there are a couple of landlords that, that we've known um, or, or know that we've used to kind of work the system with. Um, one particular kind of helped us really walk through what an eviction looks like. This was months ago, now almost a year ago now. Yeah. Um, but he informed us, you know, hey, you know, I, I, I get a month, or they get a month once I give them the eviction. There's a court date, there's a whole nine yards. He kind of walked us through the whole process of that. And so those interactions with landlords we'll have once in a while. Um, but we haven't had any really, we can say, kind of confrontational sure. um, re, uh, interactions with them, at least as of yet. Yeah. Well, that's positive. That's very positive. So then as you think about the growth of this tenant union, um, what what does short-term success look like for you? You mentioned helping folks that have been impacted by the floods, um, but what are the other sort of short-term goals that you're working on? Well, short-term, every time we can help a tenant through a situation, you know, to their benefit is a victory. Also, we're looking at, you know, some base building. You know, mm -hmm. right now, a victory for us is growing our numbers, putting more voices together for these causes. Um, once again, the more people we have participating, the greater strength our voice has. Uh, we definitely like to look at some things going on with the local government, um, being able to put pressure on elected representatives and the such to make changes that better benefit and empower tenants yeah. um, that may have effects on the you know immediate rental markets. Mm -hmm. um, we're also looking at more statewide at laws um, like the statewide ban on rent control is a big thing. You know, this is a ban on the entire state, any municipality or community in the state being able to regulate that on their own. So working with like the Lift the Ban Coalition towards, you know, getting rid of that rule so we can look at more legislative mm -hmm. routes of making things better for tenants. That's definitely you know, the kind of power building and base building we're looking towards having a louder say in. Yeah. Yeah. So then what, I guess, how quickly has this grown? What, what are you, what are your numbers at now? It's hard to say in official capacity what numbers really are. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you count everyone who's reached out to us, yeah. or even has had a conversation with us, right? We're, I mean, we're talking upwards of a hundred people mm -hmm. at that point, right? I mean, this is people who we just talk to, not who are in the active day to day. Right. Uh, changes and, and functionality of it. Uh, we're, if we switch to day-to-day -day functionality, we're talking really only 10 to 20 people. Yeah. Uh, probably at tops. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a pretty, pretty small crew right now, uh, but it's a dedicated crew. Yeah. So, I mean, longer-term success is somewhat dependent on, like, the ability to scale that, right? Like, as, as you continue to grow, the resources you have, the type of people you have to help you mentioned some of the statewide programs. I'm sure having some lawyers on the team would help. <laughs> but, Prairie, but right, like I said, that, that's the kind great. of, yeah. Pra what was that, Prairie Legal? Prairie Legal has been great. Oh, okay. Uh, we often refer to people, when it comes to legality and legal yeah. questions, right, they're one of our first references. Uh, if we can't find it right away, if there's non-documentation that's easily accessible or, or discernible, Prairie State Legal, please. Um, they're usually pretty great about that stuff. Awesome. Very cool. So then um, you mentioned that this was for all types of tenants and you mentioned that you got a pretty pretty even split. Uh, one thing that I just keep thinking is how, how an organization like yours would work with the local city officials, right? And, and try to impact change because 
to try to steer the ISU ship, you know what I mean, and try and make changes at that level. I don't know how you would do that. Um, so, so what does that interaction look like? Yeah, I mean, that's increasingly difficult depending on how you look at it. Right now, a lot of it's been in Bloomington. Bloomington yeah. is a lot easier to kind of navigate and to know, right? You have the ward system, which is a great first start. You know who your representative is. So you know who to talk to. And, and if they are amenable or not amenable, right, that can be an issue for, for down the line. Yeah. Uh, whereas normal town council, it's at large. Yes. Um, and so you can talk to one person, they won't get back to you. You can talk to all of them, and one or two will get back to you, or none of them will get back to you, and who knows what's going on. Right? You can't really hold those people accountable. Yeah. Because they just represent everyone. Right. right. Uh, who knows what their um, inbox looks like, we can say, right? Or, or time of day, or how much they care. Priority. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, and so th- that's, that's a... a big difference there yeah. similarly bloomington has a property maintenance review board i don't believe normal does and so bloomington right now only has two inspectors which is not a lot for how many properties they they have mm-hmm. right and so one of the goals is to get three maybe four or have them start thinking about you know part-time uh inspectors uh to to boost their numbers to yeah. actually address some of these issues that be that are put forward uh and to start looking at legislation that can change things. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a vacancy tax is one thing that Bloomington could easily uh, implement. What's uh, a vacancy tax? A vacancy, a vacancy tax is essentially if you own a property, uh, a rental, and it, it's it's banking, no one's living in there, mm-hmm. there's an additional tax to it. You know? And what that, how much that is, at what point it kicks in, right? Those are all details that can be figured out mm-hmm. in, in legislative session. But essentially, it's, it's if you keep this place empty, we're going to charge you more. Yeah. And if anyone who's driven down Market Street in the past week or two see that same corner house every single day just a couple blocks past Lee Street on the right, uh, driving west, it's overgrown. Mm-hmm. It's falling apart. And it's been like that for years. I mean, I've been, I don't, I've only been here for nine going on ten years now, but in my whole time being here, yeah, I've never seen anyone live in there. I've never seen that place well-kept. Like, it is just, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Uh, and that's not the only property, right? right? That's just the biggest one that I think a lot of people see. Yeah. Um, well, and conversely, I mean, you talk about rental becoming a business now, right? So the incentive is to build higher dollar properties so you can get higher tenants. Um, so if, if that was an issue and they were building properties for people who were, you know, priced out of the market, then they would have to, they'd have to flex a little bit, which is awesome. <laughs> right. And, and so that's Bloomington. Bloomington has a very we'll say accessible or we see a path forward with Bloomington, right? Yeah. There's things we can do that are relatively speaking easy. When you look at normal, uh, not only at the at-large representation, but the high concentration of renters at ISU mm-hmm. and the almost monopoly that First Sight has on the area, uh, clo- closely followed up by Sammy and all those people, um, that's a lot more difficult. Now, ISU has a student government, mm-hmm. uh, which we can get involved with, uh, with students who, who feel as if they can do more with it. We can put uh, pressure on on other ISU bodies that have relationships with uh, housing, uh, right. with the community, right? And that's just for ISU issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not to speak of the, the wider residential issues. But ultimately, um, you would need someone like Coos to put more pressure on the universities to make a change, right? I, I don't know yeah. how much sway they would have, students would have from a student government yeah, perspective. Yeah, or vice versa, <laughs> yeah. you know, when, it comes to, when it comes down to it. Because I, those two, I assume town normal, are, are so interlocked uh-huh. that um, it's, it's kind of hard to, to talk to one without talking to the other. Um, 
I like to remind people a lot because for some reason people like to forget the, um, that normal was created because of the university and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that you should only care about the university, but like know where you live, <laughs> know yeah. what's kind of keeping you keeping your area afloat, right? And what your economic center is. Like, yeah, we have Rivian and we have Distill, all those great places. I don't want to discount them, but at the heart of your city mm-hmm. is ISU and its students. Uh, and you treat them well, they're going to treat you well. Right, right. I mean, and, and you kind of mentioned the, it's almost like a keeping up with the Joneses. We look at the rec center at ISU and it's, 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 there's like building to a building, you know, things to attract students. When you think about the rental market, it's kind of the same way. So yeah, if we could, if we could figure out a way to make it more fair for those students, especially when it comes time to the end of the semester and they're getting fines and not getting any deposit back. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would change and, it. And just to add to that, I don't think people realize that the higher rent is, the less money they're spending in town. Yeah. Right? As I mentioned, First Sight, uh, Young America, all those monopolies when it comes to it, right? They're making out millions a year easily uh, in pure profit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that much money that's not going back into uptown into say distill you know someone like some, yeah. some wants some craft some local craft beers or some some white oak right right um or just any uptown shop that's that sales tax is not being spent well, um, roads education we have a gas tax in place in normal that's taking money away from unit five um in order to develop uptown normal and repair some of our roads so um exactly you know. so higher rents mean less money there absolutely absolutely so then thinking long term how how do you hope for this thing to grow to achieve your ultimate goals? Much like a, a normal union, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, as, as I've often described, right, a tenant union is just a union just for renters. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the same concept applies is that your landlord holds all the power, just like a boss does at your workplace. Right. Um, and so we want to get to a, a point where we have enough people to actually make those changes, advocate those changes that we want to put that pressure on that uh, they can't just kind of shrug off anymore. Right. Um, and it, is that 50 people? Is that 100 people? Is that, I don't know what that threshold is, mm-hmm. uh, but obviously the more we have, the louder we get and the more they need to pay attention. Right. Are there are there any other cities that have a renter's union that you're aware of? Is, it like, are you, are, is this something that you're emulating off of another use case? Like I said originally with the Twitter, we have been watching developments and just organization structures and fronts that tenant unions across the country are are taking up and how they're doing and what they're doing. So there there definitely are a handful out there that we have been looking at for you know a couple of years now and seeing how they're how they're doing. Okay. Okay. Um, I mentioned Chicago has the autonomous tenant union. Um, I know there's a big one in Kansas City that we that we pay attention to a lot, as well as getting out into the East Coast areas. Okay, so this isn't a totally new thing. That's that's interesting. Oh yeah. no, yeah, no. Tenant union, tenant organizing has been a thing since, as far as I can tell, at least the 20s and 30s. Huh. Um, if not earlier, to be honest. So again, it's it's not a it's not a socialist thing to throw down the government at this point. You're just trying to get people some fair rights. That sounds that sounds fair. <laughs> yeah. So then, all right, let's let's think, how can people get engaged? Renters, what should they be thinking about and how can they get engaged with you? To get engaged with us, right, it's, it's the Twitter at BN Renters. Um, there's also 
the, the email, mm -hmm. uh, which I believe is the same, at gmail.com, bnrenters at gmail.com. I believe the email is um, blownotenantsunion, okay. all lowercase, all one word, at gmail. We'll Matt, drop it in the show notes. Matt runs the email, so. <laughs> That's good. Um, or is one of. Uh, one of a handful, yeah. 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 Other than that, um, there are a tenant bill of rights, you can say, through the state of Illinois. Uh, getting that resource is both on Normal's uh, page, city page, I believe mm -hmm. it's on Bloomington City's page now, and it's on the state's page somewhere. Uh, so those would be some great resources to have off the top of your head. Yeah. Uh, just to know um, what to do, what rights you have. Uh, of course, there's other resources about um, what what should you do when you first move in, right? Take a video or thing, take pictures, have documentation. Um, we can maybe share a few resources and links of, of that that people can, can use for their own benefit. Yeah. It's amazing how many people rent and don't. I mean, I, I never thought of those things. It's, yeah, a, kind of a, a things you should do when you move in. That's that's really smart. Yeah. I never took a video of the place. And, yeah, I found myself in positions where I would be arguing with a landlord about the way it was when I moved in. And they would just look at me and say, well, it's not that way now. So forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, now with with smartphones I mean, essentially everyone has one it, they have they have a yeah. full production suite yeah in their pocket yeah that is true yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so then what about non-tenants i own i would like to help what should i do non-tenants i can say advocate on behalf of tenants know what the issues are mm -hmm. um, as i mentioned a little bit before with the isu example the higher rent is uh, the less they're spending. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a greater tax burden on yourself. Mm -hmm. Or that's just less services for you as an owner. Um, right? We can't have a I have mine, uh, everyone else is, is on their own. Right? That, that's a mentality that leads to rock bottom. Absolutely. Um, and so being a strong advocate, listening to renters when they say conditions are bad, mm -hmm. conditions usually are bad. There's very few times where we'll find anyone lying about uh, how dilapidated their places, um, and we've seen these things firsthand or lived them ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure if you asked an owner, you know, hey, what was it like 20, 30 years ago when you rented? I'm sure they'll have a, they'll have a story either from themselves or someone they know. Yeah. And even non-tenants can get involved in direct ways when we do have public campaigns going on. Um, sending issues that we're sending emails to council members over, mm -hmm. um, issues we're making public comment at council meetings about. You don't have to be a tenant or a renter to get involved with those. I mean, anybody can raise their voice on our behalf, on yep. the tenant's behalf. And that's, I mean, we welcome and appreciate that. Yeah. Well, let me ask this then. I want to raise my voice and I am a, a, a citizen of normal at this point. <laughs> uh, so what should the town of normal be doing? I'll be honest and say, like, I started this podcast during the elections. And as I interviewed all the candidates, I was really taken back that normal was at large. And when you have a, a functioning council system where it seems like if I was a renter in any one of the wards, I could go directly to my council person. Whereas to your point, on Maybe unless there's an election coming up, we may not get like a fast response from some of the people in normal. So you mentioned uh, a rent board or what was that? The There's the Property Maintenance Review Board of Bloomington. Mm -hmm. I don't think normal particularly has one. So that could be an issue they, uh, one, could, one could raise. Yep. Um, additionally, um, is looking at how much Young America and all those really affect your own property values and your own 
issues uh, mm-hmm. in normal mm-hmm. um, are you know they recently tore down two or three more places to put another real expensive one yeah um, and so are they getting uh, money from the city um, is that something that that a normal a resident of normal could raise their voice about yeah um, to really know where the tax dollars are going or what's happening with it Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's also that that one uptown circle monstrosity that's still vacant most of the time. Yes, uh, that was given with mm-hmm. normal subsidies. Right. Um, well, and, and I believe the town of Normal is, is spending a, a solid amount of money to rent it out as it's vacant. Yeah, right the second in, floor holds yeah. some, some town normal offices. I don't know which ones, but yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, it's not about that. It's it's definitely about that that being that space being huge, that space being expensive, and that place being empty. Um, at least empty from any tax-paying businesses. So, right. yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's wrap this up. Anything else you would like to leave the uh, listeners with? Plain and simple, as tenants' rights affects everyone. Yeah. Um, when it comes down to it, as people who need a home, and the last thing we want to see is more homeless people. Yeah. Uh, everyone deserves a home. Housing is a right. It's, it's a it's a core thing you need for survival. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that renters just aren't these usually lazy or or unsophisticated people that are often they're often portrayed as these yeah. are usually hardworking people who want to who want to do good who mm-hmm. want to get by who want to improve the situation uh, but are often taken advantage of by landlords. Yeah. Yeah. And then one thing, and I know I just said I was going to wrap this up, so I'm going to undo that. Uh, (laughs) But I just have one more question that I just thought of. Um, Because I used to live in Philadelphia, and the guy who I rented from in Philadelphia was uh, less than fresh. And uh, he used to have a bunch of Section 8 housing that he had. And he would put absolutely zero money into that Section 8 housing because he was getting his check from the government no matter what he did. And he would disparage the people who live there, and so would all of his maintenance people. Um, So does the tenant union wade into that space at all? We unfortunately haven't gotten too much with the Bloomington Housing Authority just yet. Um, Fortunately, from our limited experience, the Bloomington Housing Authority is halfway decent when it comes to it, right? These aren't... Uh, as we said, we're on site at Sunnyside Community Garden. Yeah. There's the Sunnyside Community right behind us. Yeah, that's all public housing, right? There's not a private landlord who who has section housing. This is city property mm-hmm. uh, and a city effort, right? So they're not nearly as bad as that, uh, but certainly there can be a lot more done. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that is so interconnected with HUD and the federal government that it's it's hard to do. Yeah, um, but it is an, an arena that we want to get into. Uh, because those on Section 8 or on any other kind of help are often the most most abused. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think what you're talking about there with HUD is is kind of speaking to more of a longer-term growth of this tenant union, right? Integration with the government, partnership, so that you guys are both kind of speaking the same language and going after the same causes. So, cool. Um, well, I know you guys have some gardening to do, so I won't keep you too long. Uh, and I know that... You know, this conversation is the tip of the iceberg, um, much in the same way that this tenant union is is kind of developing quickly. Um, But there should certainly be some impetus behind this, if for no other reasons than the national issues that we're seeing with respect to rent and eviction. Um, So to the both of you, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I hope we get to talk again as as this thing develops. Happy to, and we're more than welcome to come back out. Perfect. Thanks. Thank you.
With each episode of this podcast, I see the Bloomington Normal area from a different angle. Meeting Zach and Matt was encouraging because at one point in my life, I was a renter and I clearly remember facing similar issues with landlords and having nowhere to turn. As the economy continues to bifurcate, it's important that we all work to ensure the rights of those in need. Not because it's directly financially advantageous to us, but because we should aspire to have a healthy community where people of all backgrounds feel safe and secure. I look forward to watching the tenant union continue to grow, and I hope to get to chat with Zach and Matt again in the future to see what's next. Thank you for listening.